What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Sam Donks, the weekly NBA show over at Slab Socks. I'm your host, Sam. I'm joined today by another Sam. That's always a good, exciting thing to have happen. Uh, Sam Conrad, Conrad Sports Cards on Instagram. Uh, perhaps you've seen some of his TikToks go around. Uh, go give him a follow if you do. But we talk about a, a number of different things. We talk about the return of modern. We talk about uh, some overlooked stars, some overlooked rookies, some overlooked young guys. A ton of ton of good information in there. and knows a lot about basketball. Uh, happy to have him on and, and share some of our knowledge together with you. So I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. All right, I'm being joined here by Sam Conrad. It's always nice to have a, a fellow Sam on. I don't know how it is for other names because I've always been a Sam, but yeah. it's all a magical thing when two Sams meet. Honestly, that's 100% true. I mean, it's like two Matts. It's like, who cares? Exactly. Two Johns, like whatever. That's like a diamond dozen. But two Sams is always fun. So Sam Conrad, you can follow him on Instagram at Conrad's Sport Cards, at Conrad's underscore sports cards uh you're on a number of other platforms too what other stuff you've been yeah. pushing out? um on tiktok i think it's the same thing conrad's underscore sports cards i'm trying to put more stuff out on youtube although i haven't recently been doing that but hopefully i'll be able to do that again soon it's just conrad sports cards and then um the youtube videos are also going to be out on apple soon and they're currently out on spotify i believe it's also just like conrad sports card podcast on those platforms as well um, and that's about it. I'm also on Clubhouse, but that that could be a whole other discussion. What what is? Can you tell? Can you tell us? I know what Clubhouse is, but maybe other people don't. <laughs> it's one of those things that it makes me feel super old. I'm 28, yeah. which I feel is young, um, but I'm like Clubhouse. It's. It, I mean, it's very new, right? It's it's still in the quote unquote beta stage. Um, but basically, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's it's like getting to just sit down and talk to people. It's like a group call. Um, you can have up to 5,000 people in a room, quote-unquote room. That's what they're usually called. Um, and there's going to be speakers, and there's going to be, I think it's just the audience, right? And you have to get up and invited to be a speaker. Um, and people just take turns, you know, unmuting their mics and, you know, adding, hey, this, you forgot about this. And just talking mm -hmm. about a particular topic that is usually, uh, like, titled at the top of the room before you hop in. Um, it's a great way to learn about pretty much anything. Um, very real and raw conversation. And you'll learn a lot of things that you wouldn't have known if you weren't on Clubhouse. So if you can get an invite, because it is invite only, once again, for those of you that did not know that, um, if you can get an invite, I would most cer certainly recommend taking it because I think I personally think it's a great platform. It's a sweet. Too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, really, it's like you can follow all as as closely of the sport as you can, but it's like unless you're like as a diehard Bucks fan, it's like. <laughs> I, I hate reading national coverage of it or hearing national coverage because it's it always kind of misses what's really going on. It's like, yeah, yeah I, know, I know it's been a kind of a painful couple of weeks for me, but <laughs> like I also know some of the storylines going on behind the scenes that it's like, dude, if you're trying to cover 30 you know, teams, you just can't get it all. So, yeah, you, you know, get everything. So going on Clubhouse, doing something like that where you can get different perspectives that you might not be privy to, you know, that's that's pretty cool. It is. Honestly. Well, you. You had a uh, Instagram post the other was that two days. Like, I think literally yesterday or two days ago. I honestly also forgot as well. So yeah, yesterday two days ago was about the return of modern. Of course, you know on my show I almost always talk about modern cards because you know, we were just talking before this, but 
And it's like, okay, I love Allen Iverson as much as the next guy. Ray Allen's like my all-time favorite player. I love Shaq. I love Penny. I love you know, a lot of dudes. Trace McGrady's all one of my all-time favorites, but nothing's changing about them. So like maybe their cards are going to go up just as we get more people into the hobby. And especially as people with a lot of money that remember them from when they were really into the NBA. Like I understand all that. Yeah. But me, I could just say that right there. That could be a soundbite. And it's like, all right, cool. We covered it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's not that much, there's not that much else to say, right? You can, you can talk about, Ooh, this insert looks cool. Maybe people haven't discovered it. Right. This player seems a bit undervalued, but in reality, especially after like this sort of exponential growth phase that we've seen, right. Where cards have four X in like 30 days, if not less, right. um, it's not going to continue to go up like that forever. And, th and that's actually something I want to talk about too, is when I say like the return of modern, a lot of people have looked at me and said, so you're saying that vintage is going to go down. I'm not saying that at all. So you, so you're saying, you're saying that vintage is going to go down. I'm not, that's just it. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, it, maybe it plateaus and may, maybe it hits a ceiling. Maybe it does go down a bit because I, this was obviously pretty much a correction. Like when you looked at, at, at the price of Luca's Luca's 2018 prison based rookie in comparison to let's say LeBron James tops Chrome 03 tops Chrome rookie. It seemed a bit wrong. It seemed like LeBron should be higher. Right. And so there's a chance that this is a bit of an overcorrection and we're going to eventually hit a floor that's below what we're at now. But I'm not saying it's going to tank. These prices, at least for you know, for now, for the time being, they they seem relatively sustainable. Um, and maybe it goes up slowly over time, like vintage cards do. However, I think that people are kind of going to like when the market does plateau, they're going to once again shift their attention back to modern, and not just because the you know the vintage market is slowing down, but also because we are finally kind of getting back to an exciting moment for basketball. And in my opinion basketball is quite literally like the heartbeat of the current hobby um it's it's the sport that everyone knows about that everyone's paying attention to it's the most popular sport in, in, in you know the sports card industry in the sports card yep. space right um so i'm definitely expecting to see more of a shift towards not even just like luka Doncic and trey young and the ultra modern guys but just even some you know Kawhi, anthony davis Giannis, kevin Durant, some of these other guys um at some point, right, as we enter the second half of the NBA season. Yeah, you know, I think, I mean, by far, the NBA does the best job of marketing its players. You know, 100%. NFL, if you see an NFL star on the side of the road, like, you might look at him and be like, that dude could be an athlete because he's yeah. huge. But you also won't know him by face unless he's, you know, like a top wide receiver or a top quarterback or just a player on your favorite team. MLB, it's like, I mean, I don't even know MLB's if they try to market. Yeah, they do terrible job. Uh, yeah, so, do terrible job. yeah, so the NBA, it's like young players, best athletes in the world, and they also are the most well-marketed league. So, I mean, it just makes sense. If you're seeing dudes on commercials, on Twitter, on highlights, on you know, if you're seeing guys with these business deals everywhere, it's like you're going to want a piece of that. And and so, yeah, I think that's why NBA keeps doing this. And, and I agree with you. We're kind of in the doldrums of the NBA season right now. It's like, a lot of teams just aren't very healthy. Some of the biggest stars have recently kind of gone down and, and they're getting to that point in the season where like, well, they'll just come back after the all-star break. Maybe they could come earlier, but might as well get them an extra week or two. And then yeah. we're all, all right, if they're checking out, I'm going to kind of check out until all-star break. And, and so, yeah, I think right now we're kind of hitting that stale period a little bit, but the fallacy that, that I think, you know, with, with everyone kind of flooding the market at the same time. And it's like, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it's, 
not what it is. It's just what it is when you joined. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, let's go to vintage. And we go to vintage or we go to Pokemon or whatever. And it's like, this is the new normal. And it's like, well, there's never a new normal. No. All it is is just a bunch of people trying to to chase trends. And, uh, you know, if you're doing that, you're, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast is yeah. we're going to have trends. Eventually the trend will shift back into the, to the modern direction, which is good for me because that's all I really want to talk about. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, I think inevitably it's going to start shifting back this direction. Um, what uh, What are some, you know, if that's going to be happening sometime soon, what are some of the, like, stars? But not like, you know, not like LeBron. But yeah, you know, who are some stars that you think people will remember? Well Okay, then, are you talking about like? Are you talking about? Well, I mean, because there are some superstars that that are going a little bit unnoticed. Um, tell me, you tell me about, about people, it. What'd you say? Tell me about it. Kawhi, the hundred percent people that that three one lead is leaving a bad taste in people's mouths. But Paul George is playing at an MVP level. Kawhi is always going to be playing at a near MVP level as well, right? They're both playing yeah. extremely well. They have Serge Ibaka now, which should kind of fix their big man issues. The, of course, you know, losing Montrez Harrell and, and having the will take a step back isn't exactly amazing for this team, but they're still very scary. Um, Paul George is the biggest question mark because he's, like, in his early career, very good player, no matter what, you know, pretty much year-round, even in the playoffs. As of recently, been very up and down, most mostly down, unfortunately, when it comes to the playoffs. But yeah. if Playoff either. Exactly. If his mental health was really as big of an issue during the bubble as he was as he was making it sound like, then if th there's a good chance that if he's if he's feeling better now, the Clippers could be a very scary team and you know take the Lakers to a seven game series, uh, seven game series, right? And maybe make the maybe make the finals. Um, but even then, just his cards seem very undervalued for his talent level. Um, I think I think his prison 2012 prison PSA prison based PSA ten is like. Three thousand dollars in comparison to before it was like five or six. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I think that just because of that three one lead, people are undervaluing him just just a little bit. I, you know, kind of in that same vein, I've been thinking a lot lately how we have. So it's we went straight from guys who haven't proven anything yet being like astronomical growth, and then it's like, oh wait, you know, Kobe White isn't as good as Allen Iverson was, yeah. or whatever. And it's like, woo, we just see a huge reversal. And so we go from, you know, just extreme overreactions to the current day to, you know, not, I wouldn't say an overreaction, but a great reaction the other direction to guys who have proven it. But what has been kind of left out in the, out in the cold are the guys that have proven it time and again in the past, but are still playing exactly. and aren't quite as at high of a level. So I think of, um, you know, Paul George kind of fits in that category um, but then, you know, there's guys like, eh, not, not as much, but like Blake Griffin, Russell Westbrook, yeah. Marta Rosen, guys who like at some point people are going to say, wait, this guy was really good for a while and I really like him and I'd like to have him in my collection, but right now he's cheap because he's still playing and it's a, what have you done for me lately type yeah. of investment cycle that we're in. But, yeah. I don't know. I agree with you. And I mean, even, even then. The what have you done for me recently? There's still guys that are going overlooked. Giannis, Anthony Davis. I think I think Anthony Davis especially is going overlooked because of his injury right now. Yeah. And I mean, 
even if you want to hold it like as a long-term sort of deal, I mean, LeBron's eventually going to leave the Lakers and Anthony Davis will be the guy in LA and people will realize just how good he is. And then of course, LA is a big market. It's not going to be hard to get another star alongside him and have the Lakers as a top contending champion for the next right. decade. Right. So I think people are really undervaluing his cards as well. Um, so maybe, you know, for those of you that are listening, maybe it's a good time to pick up some Anthony Davis rookies, not only for now, but for, for the future as well. Yeah, and and you said him too, Giannis. It's like, okay, there's reasons why Giannis even being uncomfortable in a new offense as he is, it's the top-ranked offense in the NBA. Like, and he's still like, it's it's kind of a rough season for him, but it's also up there as like a top five season in the league this year. Yeah, uh, lately, you know, in the losing streak that they've been going through lately, they lost four out of five or whatever it was. Drew Holiday's out. They traded out all their depth in order to get Drew Holiday. He's been out with COVID. So it's like, obviously, there's going to be that going on. Okay. Who yeah. knows? still kind of stinks. But uh, Chris Middleton's been playing awesome. You know, when when he's playing with Giannis, he's averaging 26 and 6. When Giannis is on the bench, he's averaging 37 and 7. It's like, everyone just, I understand it. I've been a Bucks fan my entire life. And my first, one of my first strong basketball memories was the Bucks losing to the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals. And my dad looked at me and was like, he's like, this is what the NBA does. They don't want us to win. And that's like been my, uh, that's how I look at the NBA ever since I was seven years old. Yeah. But uh, it's like. As, as a Pacers fan, I understand how you're feeling. You understand, you understand the feeling. So it's yeah. like, you know, I think that if there was more coverage about what was actually going on, Giannis's prices would be much higher. And eventually they're going to figure it out. They're still new. There's so many new rotation players in there. And I don't know if they're going to, I mean, I'm so down on them at this exact moment, but you know, at some point he's going to win a ship. And uh, I would be shocked if he doesn't. And, yeah. And his prices are still like cut in half from where they were just Very a few cheap. months ago. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's stars, there's modern stars that are being overlooked. Um, oh, yeah. What about a, did you have anyone else that you're going to throw I, in there? No, I just wanted to add one thing about Giannis is if you look at like his resume, he could retire now and he'd probably be like a Hall of Famer. I don't think there would be a lot of argument against that. Back-to-back -back MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, has established more than a few years of dominance through his career. Like He's very good. He's very talented. There's just been some issues with the team that have you know caused a bit of – pain for bucks fans this season right um yep. i just wanted to get that get that out of the way before you transitioned um into a new player topic plus the other thing is you know we do get tired of talking about guys you know so much it's like mm -hmm. that's just a very natural thing and when Giannis was i'm just really kind of just the media darling over the last two seasons everyone got tired of him it's kind of like zion last year we were so saturated with zion material and, and everyone just kind of got tired of him he's another guy that's playing extremely well extremely right now well, yeah, um, it's like no one cares. It's insane, and and like that that actually has a little bit of or plays a bit of a factor in MVP voting, right? He's putting up an, an MVP caliber season, and I mean team record now, like it's not amazing, but before they were, I believe, like a number two seed not too long ago, and he was still playing at a high level. But people get bored, and they're like, "Hey, we voted for him two times in a row. Yeah. I don't want to vote for him again." The narrative plays a big factor in that, um, and you know the same can be said for the hobby as far as boredom goes, and you know there just has to be some sort of excitement and it's honestly kind of FOMO in the market. And we, we see it multiple times and Giannis is a really good example of that. Yeah. That was one of your points in your, in your post from the other day was uh, 
yeah, people are just kind of bored of of buying the same prospects. And and finally, now we're getting, you know, the new prospects released to, you know, NBA hoops. We saw that just like massive surge and that everyone thought, wait a second, maybe this isn't the world's smartest purchase right now. Yeah. Even though there are some, you know, I, I've always liked a lot of hoops inserts and, you know, yeah. the way that hoops looks, but, you know, we still have optic coming. We still have prism coming. Prism, we select, you know, national select. Flawless. Like there's a lot of stuff that still has yet to come. Yeah. Um, these for these new rookies and you know, second year cards of Zion and John, anyone else that people are excited for in the 2019 draft class. Um, we just saw the slam inserts. We've never seen that before, and that's something that's real exciting. Um yep. that could easily happen in another set, right? Um yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. They came out with graffiti parallels, I want to say like three years ago. I might be wrong about that, or four years ago. I want to say it was 2017, but once again. Could be wrong about that. And people love those and certified, um, you know, so they, that things could very, very easily change. And, you know, I believe that's one of the factors or at least one of the reasons that modern is going to pick up again is just newness, excitement coming back into uh, into the NBA season and into the, into the new the new releases in general. Yep. Yeah. I, I said that in a, I had a video at some point, maybe a month or two ago, talking about prism declining. And that was one of my big points was that, it's like we're just we're all trading the same cards back and forth. They're, you know, these prism these prism cards have been sold probably like a dozen times. Like sure. this dude buys twelve, thinking he's going to grade them all, but they've already been sold as a as a you know big bulk buy it now. You know, several times, and everyone realizing oh they're not very good, and then they uh-huh. send them off somewhere else. It's like yeah, we're all bored of it. But there's new cards coming, and uh, I think you know the newness. The as we get down past the all-star break and start pushing towards the playoffs, a lot of that is inevitably going to start coming back. What about, uh, what about young guys? Who's, who are you watching young guys? You think people are overlooking Michael Porter jr. For sure. Michael Porter jr. Should be that second option in Denver and it's not happening. I understand Jamal Murray dropped 50 points last or last night or two nights ago, 84% shooting with no free throws. Very impressive, but he's the most streaky player in the NBA. While Michael Porter jr. Is getting like 14 shots a game, very, very few minutes, like t- between 20, 25, or maybe a little bit more than that, which is very small for a, a guy of his caliber. And he is crazy efficient. I believe he's shooting yeah. like 45% from three or something ridiculous like that. And the guy the guy has the ability to be quite as unstoppable as Kevin Durant is because of his length, but then also because he has more athleticism than KD does. He can, you know, he's got great ball handling as well. And he is going to be potentially getting a contract extension from Denver this season. However, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he declined it and they look to move him because he, he hasn't, he's complained before about the minutes and the opportunity that he's getting in Denver. Um, and he is, like I just mentioned, a very talented, very talented player. And if he gets his own chance to actually prove just how talented he is, his stuff right now is going to look real cheap um, in comparison yeah. to where prices are going to be when that happens. You know, the other thing about Michael Porter Jr. is he's, he's like, I mean, I love Michael Porter Jr. I've mm. not been shy about that on my show, but uh, Michael Porter Jr., he's like, personality-wise, I think he's probably closer to Kyrie Irving than yes. anyone realizes, Yeah, uh, which, you know, might be a, a negative for some people, but also, um, I think he he will get himself into a good situation. And and yeah. I don't know. I think, I think the nuggets could be the good situation. I don't, frankly, sometimes I don't follow the nuggets. Like as close as if anyone out here is watching, that's a nuggets fan. You don't be mad at me. I just, 
I don't know if you're happy with Mike Malone, but it's like the dude just jerks yeah. around the lineup so much. And and I I don't disagree with everything that he does, but uh it's like he's not the best coach as yeah, he's not an amazing coach. I've I've talked to uh one one um one Denver uh, Nuggets fan in particular, he does not like Mike Malone very much at all, at least some of the decisions that he makes. Um and I think that's honestly kind of the narrative in Denver is Mike Malone needs to go or at least it should be in more of more like more of a topic more consideration than it is right now um for a multitude of reasons not just because of Michael Porter Jr but in general his rotations are awful um yeah. really awful yeah i think uh i think he's kind of a little bit you know old fashioned stickler type of head coach which uh has worked and and he's had a lot of success yeah. with it, but I don't know that it's I you know I think that you can be kind of become kind of the the stale voice in the room if uh, you know you keep doing that and uh, so you know Greg Popovich is kind of that way too, but he also has a lot of history yeah. of success with it. But I don't know. I agree, Michael Porter Jr. and you know obviously he's never going to be a defender. Really, he might be a guy that people say, well, he tries. He, he has the athleticism to do so, but his defensive IQ is just very, very low and always has been throughout yeah. his college and high school career. I mean, we didn't see much in college, but throughout his high school career, even we, we saw he was not a very good defender. So, And, and that's a, that's one of Mike Malone's big bugaboos is uh, defense. You don't play defense so. And I mean, I get it because the Denver Nuggets in general are really bad at defense, so they need some you know, sort of defensive presence on the floor. But uh, maybe you take that Nets approach and just try to outscore – with as many shooters as possible, right? With as many dominant forces as you can near superstar players. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't run the Denver Nuggets organization, so I don't exactly have a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, what's the word? I don't have, I, I can't change the outcome for, for the Denver Nuggets fans. One other guy I, I do want to mention from this draft class, and I'm not even a Bulls fan, but I've talked about this guy so much. I am in love with Patrick Williams and his, his potential as a player. There are guys with higher ceilings. The only two I would say are probably LaMelo Ball. Actually, Anthony Edwards is in that conversation too, but LaMelo Ball and James Wiseman have a higher ceiling than Patrick Williams. But I think that he is going to get closest to his ceiling, which will ultimately lead to him being the best player um, from this draft class. The guy's 6'7", I believe, with like 230, almost 240 pounds. Yeah, Very quiet. Like LeBron has said so himself. He's got massive hands too. Like the, the, As far as, you know... Um, their 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 physical attributes very similar. He started Kawhi's game a lot. He like Kawhi is his his not his model, but it's the guy that he's looked up to the most. I don't know if he's based his game off of him, but obviously you know he was a big mid range shooter in his time at Florida State. Um, and his three point shot is looking much better in the NBA. He doesn't take a high volume of threes, but if they can teach him to create for himself by putting his two hundred and thirty or two hundred and forty pound body into a defender's chest and then step back you create a lot of space because the combination of speed along with his weight is going to push his defenders out of the way, clear the lane, right? Um, he was a point guard in high school, so his passing ability is very underrated and his ball handling ability is also very, very good as well. But most importantly, in my opinion, he studies a lot of film. And I mean a lot. He strives to be the best player possible. Um, and once again, like very similar to that, he strives to be the best player possible. He's always thought he was underrated, and his work ethic is insane. Even and it's if, great since he – No, I, I was just going to say, even if Chicago isn't the best developing place, they're not Miami Heat or the Golden State Warriors or, I guess, the Denver Nuggets, who are traditionally pretty good at developing young talents, 
I think that on his own, he's going to do enough work to at least make him a borderline superstar, all-star caliber player. And it's, I was going to say, it's especially impressive to see what he's been able to do as, you know, as young as he is without playing heavy minutes in college and without even starting a game, you know, coming off the bench of Florida state and getting drafted as high as he was basically on athleticism, but he's also shown, you know, pretty good IQ along the way. And I remember that week early in the season when he put the clamps on LeBron and Kawhi and like almost back-to-back games, it's, you know, you just don't see that type of stuff from a rookie. You know, most rookies will shy away from, from the spotlight like that, from the moment. And yeah. uh, for him to come out and, you know, not shy away and, he has not been a perfect rookie season at all for him, but you know I've seen enough from him as a raw rookie that didn't have a whole ton of, you know, game tape in college under his belt. To it, it's been impressive. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I love the guy. Um, I'm hoping that my love for him doesn't make me spend too much money on his cards, but you know we'll see what happens. I believe in the guy a lot, so maybe yeah, I better start start saving up until before those other releases start coming down the line. For sure. Prism, National. I want to get an RPA of his for sure, but we'll see if I can uh, afford it when those come out because those prices could be wild, um, you know, with more money in the market now, right? But we'll see. Oh, yeah. What's, you said you mentioned the Nets. What are you? How are you feeling about the Nets these days? Championship contenders, for sure. Um, I, like, I didn't, re- I didn't realize until I did a little bit more research on them, and I posted about this on my story not too long ago, but they are, I believe, 9-1 and one against teams over 500. Yep. And they're like seven and eleven versus teams under five hundred. They are, I want to say, in the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference, like fourth through six, something along those lines. And they've had Kyrie, KD, and Harden all kind of sitting out certain games or missing games due to uh, the virus and stuff like that, right? So, like, obviously, they're not going to be the best. But another thing, and it's very similar to LeBron and the Lakers, is they're not going to try their hardest during the regular season. You know, they're not going to waste as much energy against teams that they don't have to. Um, so that way they make sure that they're healthy and they're ready for the playoff time so they can eventually win a championship, which is, of course, the ultimate goal. Um, and I, I think that, you know, obviously they're 9-1 and one against teams over 500. They're taking those games seriously, yeah. probably, you know, doing a little bit of game planning, like, okay, so this is a weakness against this team, so here's what we're going to do when, you know, the next matchup or come playoff time, right? Um and I'm expecting them to come out and play during the playoffs. Uh, will they win the championship? I'm not completely sure. It kind of depends on the matchup. Because I do think that the Lakers just really match up well against them. Um, but you got three superstars, KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, right? Three of the best scores in the in the entire game. It's it's very hard to stop. You can you can shut down one of them maybe if you have an elite defender on your team. You can maybe slow down a second one if you have a, a pretty good defender on your team. But you're not shutting down all three of those guys whatsoever. Someone's probably going to drop 25 or 30 points when you match up against the Nets, right. and like that's a near guarantee. So and they're just so dangerous. You know, the, one of the cool things that they've been doing lately is, you know, the assumption coming in was Kyrie's going to handle the ball, James Harden's going to be the two. Mm-hmm. But now the last, they're riding a four-game winning streak, something like that, five game maybe, but. Uh, this road trip, it's been James Harden playing point and Kyrie just off the ball. And it's, I mean, it's kind of like uh, what they're doing in Cleveland where, you know, they're like, all right, Colin Sexton, you're not a point guard. Let's stop imagining that to be the case. Yeah. You just go out there and score and we'll just get the ball to you. And like, we see what's happening with yeah. KD and Kyrie. They're like, don't worry about anything. Just go score. James Harden's yeah. averaging 11 assists per game. 
and he's going out there he's scoring efficiently he's he's facilitating and instead of like getting stuck up at the arc and and trying to play iso and then just jacking up a three like he did historically in houston a lot of times he's exactly. like oh i have two all-time teammates that i can pass to and and they're all you know with him doing that they've been doing really well and i mean i am not like a, i'm not a james harden fan no. but uh seeing the seeing the changes seeing that he's the one that's willing to adapt i do like that a lot you know yeah for guys to come in and have those three like all-time you know basketball personalities and yeah. egos and, you know, yeah. all that. to have him come in and be like all right I'll, I'll change my game and we'll fit it around yours. And, you know, that's just a high basketball IQ. And, and frankly, I think that the, the overall league, you know, the sentiment around the league about who he is as a player will start to shift as we start seeing, you know, as that starts to take more notice on the, the nationwide scale. But hundred percent. I mean, in a sense that could make his cards undervalued, especially if he finally wins a championship, which has always been his biggest uh, knock against him as far as, you know, as an NBA player, right. You know, people yeah. are always like, he can't perform in the playoffs. He doesn't win a championship and he does perform during the playoffs. It's usually just the game sevens that he always struggles, but he, he's a he's a he's a pretty solid playoff performer in a, in a ring is definitely going to change that narrative but something i always want to bring up is people are like but we remember these years doing houston where he was a ball hog he had such a high usage rate and blah 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 blah. i have a question go around ask thunder fans how much do they hate kd for move, going to the warriors some of them are really going to say that they hate it nba fans in general are going to say i forgot about that i don't really care anymore like that doesn't really affect my thoughts on kd much at all anymore Yep. Um, and I mean, even some Thunder fans are like, it's whatever, it's the past, and now we have a, a fantastic future because of it. People move on pretty fast. That's something to remember. Um, and if he, and, and considering that James Harden is still not young, but he's he's not so far past you know the age of 30 that he's going to be retiring next year, he's got enough time to change the, narr the narrative around him as a player um, in the NBA. And ultimately, I think that that's going to you know lead to more love for him. Um, and his cards potentially long-term as well. And one thing that you did mention just now was, you know, Kyrie's is also working a bit off ball. I was, I did not expect that whatsoever, but he's really done a good job. Um, I knew KD would probably be working a bit off ball. He's always been able to do that. That's why I think Golden State had so much success with him. Um, he fits so seamlessly onto that team. Um, but that was one of my biggest issues was having uh, both Kyrie and James Harden, you know, potentially being the, the guys handling the ball, but they've really managed to coexist super well together. And I can't complain. I'm pretty happy to see it. So yeah, we'll that's what I mean. That's what Kyrie basically was, you know, in Cleveland with LeBron running the offense, and those were his best years. And and uh, you know, it was we had this idea that he should automatically just be a point guard since yeah. that's what he plays. And then he went to Boston. It kind of fell apart. And then you know, it just never worked out quite the same. But uh, yeah, I think him just playing off ball and getting his shots works better than him, you know, deflating the ball as a point guard and also looking for his own shots. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I agree, you know, the narrative, the narrative shift is so important. It's, uh, you know, I think with, you, you mentioned Kevin Durant and why, and what war, if you talk to Thunder fans now, what they might say. And I think a lot of that might have to do with when he left at the same time, Russell Westbrook re-upped, and it was, they were like, yeah, Russ is our guy. You know, he's loyal. Katie's snake in the grass. And I agreed with all that. And I didn't have any sort of platform or anything at the time, but I was saying all the same stuff to anyone that would listen. But uh, and then Russell Westbrook kind of, you know, turned into a pumpkin after a couple of years. And Thunder fans 
I mean, I think they still love Russ, but yeah. it got a little tougher when, you know, he was hunting for triple doubles and the team was just not doing very well. And, uh, and so, yeah, then I think the sentiment kind of started shifting back. Like, okay, I like Durant and I don't blame him. It was, it was a good basketball move. It was good for his family, all that different stuff. And, and with Harden, it's like, okay, he had some rough teams there in Houston where he had to shoulder so much load, but also a lot of that was due to his demands all along the way. It's like, you have to trade for yeah. this guy. Like, nope, actually, I don't like that guy trade for this guy instead. And it's like, he was really handicapping them for a long time, but it's like, you know, the league shifts, people change, people forget stuff. Now he's in, in Brooklyn. He's changing his game. He's showing that he can be a really good team player. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's like one of the top five scorers in NBA history. Huh, almost forgot about that. Yeah. And, you know, I think people are probably going to be shifting back pro James Harden pretty soon. Like it had been, you know, after the trade from Oklahoma City in the first place, it's like, everyone was pro James Harden and then it yep. just kind of shifted, but I think it'll shift back too. Yeah. They, I mean, honestly, like you just said, I think there was only like really two years of maybe three of like James Harden hate. And it was the years where he was averaging 30 and 36 a game, super high usage rate, hogging the ball. And, you know, that kind of didn't lead to some team success. Um, but there is one thing to note is he has had a championship quality team, but Chris Paul got injured. If he did not get injured, and I believe it was was it 2015 through 16 season, I'm not completely sure. But if Chris Paul didn't get injured, you can't convince me otherwise that team would have been the NBA champions. Uh, they would have handled Cleveland easily. They were already up three to, three to two against the Warriors team. I think they would have easily taken it in six or seven, uh, no doubt. And I think that James Harden would have a ring on his finger uh, if, if it wasn't for, for that injury. But yep. – can't change the past, right? So, unfortunately, he's still hunting for that first string on his finger. Um, and we'll see if he eventually gets one. Yeah, it'll be good for him. I, the Lakers, every time I watch the Lakers, I'm like, man, I wish that was my team because they look scary. Yeah. But, um, you know, anything anything can happen once playoffs come. You know, and we forget that the Lakers last year, they were, like, super healthy throughout the whole entire playoffs. And yeah. that's not something to be discounted. We're now seeing them getting a little bit injured with, you know, AD going down. But, uh and so it's like, hopefully, LeBron, 36 years old, he stays healthy throughout. You know, he always is, so I'm not super worried about it. But they're uh, going to definitely need some good health throughout the playoffs again, uh, especially as some of the other teams around him have loaded up uh, on firepower. Okay. Yep, I mean, they they, don't, they also got better this offseason, right? We can't exactly just, you know, they, they, they've still made some really good moves as a franchise to kind of support themselves. I think that they're still going to be pretty good, even without AD. Um, but, you know, losing a superstar isn't, always easy right so yeah you know, it's gonna obviously take effect a little bit uh in their play yep all right i'm gonna wrap it up here you have any last second spice for us um i mean not really uh i guess if i were to leave you with anything it is watch out for patrick williams because i believe in the guy a lot but there you uh, go. That's all i have that's all i've got excellent well, thanks, Sam. It's uh, been a pleasure to talk with you. This is the first time that we've met, but uh, it's yeah. it nice having a good NBA-focused conversation. Yeah, for sure. So, I had a blast. Reinvigorated me for the rest of the season. All right, well, thank you for joining. Uh, go follow him. It, again, it's at Conrad's underscore sports cards. He's got one of the you know link tree things. You go follow us, all of his other stuff, too. So just go find him on Instagram. Give him a follow. Enjoy the TikToks. Uh, he name dropped us in a in a song a little while back. I like the song yeah. a lot. So really put you on the radar for me. I was like, all right. Yeah. So throw out some more music, and uh, you got a 
a fan over here. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, of course, it's a fellow Sam. Sam squared. That's us right now. You know? That's right. That's right. Um, but I appreciate the shout out. Thank you guys. Um, you know, thank you guys for having me. I, I can't thank you enough. I had a blast. So my thank pleasure. You. All right. Yeah, have everyone. This is Sunday night, so I was about to say have a good night. Uh, it might be afternoon when you're watching. So have a good rest of your day, everyone. Yeah. And, uh, take care. Bye.